the Rainmaker Evolution to increase freedom, create momentum, and embrace simplicity in your financial services practice. You're listening to the Rainmaker Evolution podcast with Joel Johnson, certified financial planner, co-founder of Johnson Brunetti, author of The Money Map, and leader of the Rainmaker Evolution Mastermind Group. And now, here's Joel. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Rainmaker Evolution podcast. I'm excited to be talking to you today about opening additional offices or opening satellite offices. Uh, I think this will be a fairly brief podcast. Um, I was just thinking uh, this morning as we were uh, getting ready to open another office, I signed a lease and wrote a big check this week. And then it might be instructive to just talk about some of the things that go through or go into uh, opening other offices. And um, I I just think sometimes I forget uh, what we already know about doing this because this will be our sixth satellite office. So we have our main office where all our staff is. Then we have these satellite offices around the state to meet with clients. So let's talk about the anatomy of opening another office. And again, a little compliance disclosure here. Just check with your compliance powers that be, whether those are your own uh, consultants, RIA, uh, attorneys, and so on, whether you're affiliated with a broker-dealer or insurance department, on how you have to disclose whether that satellite office is a branch Um, Whether you have to advertise that on a website, register it with the state, and so on, that is completely up to you. So let's talk about the the anatomy of opening other offices. Now, the reason that we have here in the Northeast satellite offices is because we want to make it as convenient as possible for people to drive to our office to have an appointment. We don't do any appointments in homes, haven't done that for a few years now, and so we just feel that since we are in the business of bringing on lots of new clients every year, and then um, also the clients that we have, uh, we want to make it easy for them to do business with us, we want to have offices close to where they live, probably within about a 30 to 40 minute drive at the most, but most of our clients probably live within 15 to 20 minutes of one of our offices. So we have these little neighborhood offices all around the state. By the way, um, one thing I want to say is I think it's important that you call the satellite offices, neighborhood offices. Let people know that this is not your main office so that when they walk in, you're trying to pull money away from a big firm uh, and uh, it does. It looks like you're the only person as an advisor or one of your advisors the only person sitting in that satellite office and it doesn't look like a very big firm. So I think it's important to let people know that these are neighborhood offices. Let's talk about location for a minute. Uh, I've talked before about how wonderful it is to be able to partner with a small law firm or a small accounting firm. And we now only have one office left. Uh, We had a few like that, but now we only have one office left where our offices are truly inside another office. And the way this works is um, we have a law firm, an attorney, uh, down in one of our areas who owns his own building. It's a small building, so it's not a big building. It's like a one of these nice renovated houses that you have all across New England where people have set up offices inside. And we pay him for unlimited use of two conference rooms. I think we pay 800 or maybe $1,000 a month for unlimited use of two conference rooms. They're set up with like beautiful conference rooms. Our signage is outside the the uh, building um, are on the street, our signage is also on his building, and uh, our signage is inside those conference rooms, so it looks like our space. When somebody walks in to the law firm, they're greeted by the receptionist. The receptionist knows that we're coming because we link up with Google Calendars with them. So the receptionist, even though she's an employee for the law firm, she greets those folks. Uh, People get a nice feel. There's a lot of activity because there's an attorneys and paralegals and so on running around uh, doing their work. 
and there's a feeling of lots of activity. But we only have one office left like that. The other offices are truly satellite offices where it's just us occupying the space. They are not Regis offices, by the way. I'm, I'm against that concept. But let's talk about location. I think you want your locations to be where people go to see their doctors, um, dentists, or high-end shopping areas. Uh, I don't think you want your location. Don't skimp on price to go into some kind of industrial space. Or when I was opening this new office, I looked at space above a Chinese restaurant and a chiropractor, and then there's a second floor where they're leasing out to different businesses. And there's a lot of little law firms and accounting firms up there, but they're just rinky-dink places that I certainly wouldn't do business with. So be very careful of location. But I think you're pretty safe if you find out where a lot of docks are in town. Um, people, number one, will be used to driving to that part of town to see their doctors. Uh, and number two, those are usually slightly nicer areas of town. We are very careful of the address, the name of the town that's going to be on that business card. Uh, I'm sitting right now doing this podcast in an area where if I am five, not even five miles, if I am about two and a half miles east of here, I could be in a town where I would not want that address showing up on my brochure. Um, if I'm southeast of where I'm sitting, uh, very prestigious town. Huge difference in the image it gives you when you have the names of those towns on your business card or on your website. So be very careful of the name of the town, and I think find nice space where the uh, um, folks are used to driving to see their doctors and dentists. Um, the other thing I want to say about location is parking is very important. Um, ease of finding where you are is very, very important. And when people walk to your office, if they're walking through an office building to get to your suite, um, see if it's bright and airy and open, or is it dark and they're going down these long hallways and the elevators are kind of rickety and so on. All of this goes in to setting the image that we want to set. And let me be clear, I don't have real fancy high-end furniture um, some of your offices, you've spent two and three times as much as we've spent. We have nice offices, but they're not over the top. But the vibe is very important. Think of walking into a newer bank branch. And if you have a newer bank branch in town, walk into it. You'll notice that it's a very open atmosphere. I'm talking about the newer designs um, of smaller bank branches, like these corner bank branches uh, up where we are. There's TD Bank that's all over the place. Um, light furniture, very open design. The offices um, where the people are along the sides are often glass walls. Um, the teller booths are now as low as they can possibly be. Obviously, they have security concerns there. Um, but you just have this open, airy vibe. Try to create that in your locations that you're going into. Um, the other factor in opening up another office is how are you going to carve up the marketing territories. When we opened up this new office that we're going into down in the town of Fairfield, Connecticut, we wanted to be very careful that we were going to be able to carve out two additional seminar territories where we can mail 12,000 to each group. So we've got 24,000 people we can mail to down there that haven't been mailed to before. But we also want to make sure we're not cannibalizing where we have mailed um, before. So that goes in a lot to the thought of where we're going to open an office is how can we carve out those seminar territories? Um, what towns are around that? What's the image that they have of that town? So if I'm in Fairfield, um, I might be a mile away from Bridgeport, but nobody with a decent amount of money is going to drive to Bridgeport, but a mile away they're going to drive to Fairfield. Also, Fairfield is sort of the wealthy but working people's wealthy town. 
If I'm in Westport, another town in Connecticut, very snotty, hedge fund guys, um, um, very, very, not that hedge fund guys are snotty, but very, you know, uppity type of people. Um, I live in Westport, you know, those type of people. We don't necessarily want to be in a town like that. We want to be in Fairfield, a good upscale town um, where we have our office. It says something having an office there. It's nice, but not so nice that it's intimidating for your middle-class millionaire type. Um, so the marketing territories and where you are, again. Um, staffing. This new office we're opening up, I'm actually bringing on a guy that's in our business and uh, I may give him free office space just to be in our office. I don't really worry about him being a competitor. Uh, uh, he's not. We might actually work him into our system pretty soon. But in the meantime, I don't really want people walking into a nice office in a beautiful building like we've rented down there and have it empty or have only one advisor sitting in a conference room. Um, so I would rather give somebody free office space and make it look like there's some activity going on there. And we're actually going to do that. So think about that a little bit with your staffing. I think eventually... You might want to have a, um, maybe a college student or somebody uh, that can come in there and sit in there for six hours a day, maybe from nine to three, and just make it look like the office is manned. I would actually pay somebody to read a book in that office just to make it look like it's manned um, than have somebody walk into a dark office or where there's no receptionist and somebody's way in the back like a financial advisor's in the back doing a meeting. So think about that a little bit. Uh, again, the neighborhood office I think is a big deal. Um, calling your satellite offices or your neighborhood offices, neighborhood offices, so people know that's not your main office. I think that's important um, as you're expanding because you don't want to have to have full staff and all those other offices. Let's talk about other support. So I mentioned we're doing two uh, marketing territories for this new office. We're also going on a small, inexpensive radio station. I don't expect to have much in the form of lead flow come through that. Um, but we'll try to do some things where we um, kind of create a little bit of an image. We might only get one or two calls a weekend, which is not much for us. We get 20 uh, to 25 from our other radio activities every weekend. Um, but if I can go on a radio station that can enhance uh, the community um, and where we are or our vision in the community to help those seminars, um, we're going to do that. Again, it's not advertising. We don't care much about advertising. We want to use some of that radio in conjunction with uh, us opening up new seminar, seminar territory. We might even join the Chamber of Commerce down there and do some kind of a business after hours or something like that. And again, there we would also let people know that's a satellite office. We've got 22 staff people in our main office up near Hartford. This is a satellite office in this neighborhood where we uh, have so many clients that we just had to open up an office. That's the type of positioning uh, that you want to have. Other ideas for marketing to create um, some momentum in an area that you go into other than just your seminars. Um, be careful of billboards and, and things like that. I think for the most part that's a waste of money. But if you can get involved in some charity events or something with slightly higher profile, um, anything like that where you can maybe generate some leads or, or something like that um, to try to have an impact on the community is helpful. Um, but don't oversell yourself on that activity of making a big announcement or taking out a billboard that says, we've opened an office in such and such Kansas. Oh, that doesn't do you a lot of good. The main thing you can do there is go in there, drop a bunch of direct mail, do a bunch of seminars, build on that momentum, maybe get on a big radio station if it hits that area. And, uh, and build up your market activities like that. So um, with that said, again, I just wanted to kind of walk you through an anatomy of opening up a satellite office. If you have any questions on this, obviously email Brianna. We can give you some tips. Um, we believe in uh, 
uh, getting a little bit more space than we need. Not Regis. Uh, make sure that location, that address is correct. Make sure you've thought through the marketing territories. Um, we go in, we try to go into one of the nicer buildings in town, but we don't need to rent a lot of space. When people walk into that building, that big lobby, the granite and so on, if they're getting that feel, that sets more of an image than if you just have a small office space in that building. Um, it's okay if you have a small office space if you're in a real fancy building. If you have a crappy office space in some junky rundown building where the Jiffy Lube is on the first floor connected to it and you got some you know, automobile finance buy here, pay here lot on the other side of you and you're in next to, you know, I don't know, the nail salon or something, now that's probably not the image you want to create. So I think you get the idea. Hopefully this has been helpful. Thanks for listening to another Rainmaker Evolution podcast and have a great, great week and month.